Somebody made a joke that was like, all grand strategy video games are dressed up Excel spreadsheets with graphics. I'm like, some of us play them without the graphics. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just give me the spreadsheets. Right, just yes. give me the spreadsheets, man. I'm fine with that. Church in space. Welcome, everybody, to Church in Space. In 3D. Hey. Today's episode is what I am calling the New Cinematic Universe Draft. Some people might be tired of cinematic universes, but this podcast is not. We well, tire of nothing. We tire, well, we're tired of some cinematic universes, MTC. Um, <laughs> I was thinking about how the Marvel Cinematic Universe is becoming... There are still some good successes, Guardians of the Galaxy 3, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. but it's becoming a little bit burdened by its own glorious purpose at this point. But it felt like the Thanos arc was a very coherent arc, and they've kind of lost lost the narrative, lost the coherency of the, the arc yeah. a little bit. They're not quite sure where they're going. Kevin Feige has said we're going here, but the writers are yeah. like, it's not quite fitting. It's not quite fitting, and it doesn't help that Jonathan Major's gotten a whole bunch of very bad trouble, <laughs> you know, who is setting up to be their main bad guy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, lots of things are kind of spinning beyond their control. Yeah. So the rules of this draft is that we each pick a sci-fi property that could be spun out into a whole cinematic slash TV a la Star Wars universe. Okay. And we pick the TV and the main characters because, right, these... Marvel worked because it had these foundational main characters that we dealt with. And then also, since this is a religion podcast, also we talk about what are the religious or theological themes in said cinematic okay. universe. All right. Does that make sense to everybody? Mm-hmm. Okay. So we're, we're just do one, two, three for the draft. I will start to give everybody an example. Okay. Uh, so I'm going to start. Number one pick in the cinematic universe draft is fully expand and build more into the alien universe uh, beyond just David or uh, Ripley. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you know, okay. into full-scale alien cinematic universe, television shows, all that. Here's my logic. If you actually read the backstory to a lot of the aliens thing, it's actually a pretty complicated world, mm -hmm. right? It interacts with the Blade Runner universe, according to all the backstory information, like they're in the same universe. It's set in this future where there's these three galactic human powers <laughs> that are vying for control of space. Mm -hmm. The Wayland yutani Three Worlds Empire, the United Americas, the Union of Progressive Peoples. So you have a lot of room to explore, not just... Where's the alien? <laughs> but this fuller picture of this galaxy that I think could be really interesting. The most recent movie did an interesting religious thing, which I would love for them to explore, would be this one guy, like the guy becomes captain, but it was very clear he was passed over at first for promotion because he was religious. Does that mm -hmm. make sense? Yeah. And so yeah. exploring that world where going off to see the little like Puritan-esque colony, that's a religious fanatics stronghold, stronghold yeah. you know that but also has to obey company dictates <laughs> you know and still has to make company profit margins like that would be a fascinating storyline and then our main characters because aliens always best this way when it, it's all blue collar folks right so like mm, alien one yeah. is like truckers in space alien two is grunts in space mm -hmm. <laughs> alien three is prisoners in space <laughs> right you know i mean it's got to be all blue collar jobs and it makes it far more interesting. Yes, makes it far more interesting. So that's my number one. I think it would be fascinating. Okay. Yes. 
Do you want to go that way? Okay. okay. The concept of gray Jedi. Uh, yeah. So played through Jedi Survivor, and it's awesome. Yeah. But the whole concept of a force wielder that has all this orthodoxy built into him what does he really do afterwards? It's that whole concept throughout the universe, just how other yeah. force wielders work. Watching also through Rebels with Bendu, the one that's in the middle. He's not light side or dark side. He's that gray middle. Mm-hmm. Exploring that concept it would be what I would do. Yeah. And that's my pick. Yeah, like a Jedi, a force power cinematic universe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, you could do a lot of interesting theological themes there too. Yeah. But on the one hand, I really like it. On the other hand, like I, there's a meme, which was like the three like codes of the different, the gray, the light side and the dark side. But yeah. The, the gray side was literally like, it's code, hey, live. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but that's kind of the point. Yeah, I know, and it is. Like, but it's like, but I want that like philosophy fleshed out a little bit (laughs) you know like like make it a little more than like i want a sandwich (laughs) yeah but it's like it's like the 60s counterculture movement of the jet well right but even that would be a more fleshed right and that's what i'm saying it has the potential to be more fleshed out yeah yeah there yeah Yeah. really cool thing could be like a ray light side like a almost like a tripolar force world you know where like you've got a ray light side you've got like ahsoka student you know, yeah. gray order and you've got a rival Sith order and the three kind of interacting with each other. That would be a really cool. Yeah, I mean, now I can just hear Ahsoka as part of the gray order going to the Sith and saying, man, don't harsh my force, dude. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> T-shirt. Uh-huh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> don't harsh my force, dude. Oh, God. <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah, that, no, that's a good pick. I like that pick. That's a solid pick. We're going to do three rounds. So. Okay. So I'll start with mm-hmm. Fritz Lang's Metropolis. I have not. So so what is the... What is, I've not actually heard of this. Oh, man. It yeah. is the first sci-fi classic. A silent movie from mm-hmm. Germany. Fritz Lang was a German director originally. Mm-hmm. It's essentially his version of Chapek's R.U.R., the play that introduced robots okay. to the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's kind of like in the same way that they Bram Stoker, they couldn't get the rights from Bram Stoker's estate for the first Dracula, mm-hmm. so they produced Nosferatu. Yeah, okay. It's kind of like that, except Lang really took it in his own direction. And so it's essentially about the first robot uprising. Mm, okay. And it's very early. I mean, you're talking you know, 1920s. Mm-hmm. So it's a refreshing take on what that would be like, mm-hmm. how robots are created, what they're created for, what they do. Mm-hmm. The backstory of Battlestar Galactica mm-hmm. really owes itself to Metropolis. But in this case, we take it back to the 1920s mm-hmm. and dealing with how would the 1920s mindset handle sentient mechanical beings oh, that would and be then a the fascinating whole... like retro futurism yeah yeah ha huh. yeah you could spin off a whole series of television shows about yeah huh. that's why i like it a lot of potential and hollywood has yet to tap into that right what hmm. are its religious themes 
Well, the religious things gets right down to, and think about the, in the States, in the mm. 20s and 30s, we had that heavy tent revivalism movement. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> take that. I love robots going to tent revival. Yeah. So, <laughs> so we get to the fundamentals of religion, right? We talked about the AI yeah, stuff we've talked right. about here before. Robot do machines have souls? Do, do they not? <laughs> no. You know? and, and the very concept, but there then would be a sect of Christianity or Muslim, Islam, or Robot Buddhism, whatever, that, that says, yes, they yes. do. And so, yeah, there's a tent revival with robots. And imagine the robot preacher. Altar calls for robots. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. man. Yeah. Oh, this could I, be. So it could get really, and especially placing it in the 1920s. Yeah. There's be, so much you could explore. I could have fun with that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And just like... Uh, some other franchises mm-hmm. every night follow very serious story arcs, but every now and then it lends itself to having some just comedic episodes to lighten things up. That's good. Your pick again. My pick again. Uh, so round two, first round or round two, first pick. Now I'm going to go with Babylon five. I feel like Babylon five needs its own cinematic universe. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. it was a good show. It was another show that was kind of slightly before its time. I feel Mm -hmm. like if it had been now where Prestige TV was major budgets, you know, it would have done better. It was also undercut by DS9, kind of intentionally. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) By Paramount and all that. So, which that's okay. But, you know, so it it had its problems. But uh, there's so much you could do and doesn't have to be just on the station, right? Captains of Starships and in the Babylon 5 universe mm-hmm. and all that kind of... Yeah, it wouldn't have the, the set restrictions at the time. Right. They had to keep it focused on things happening in the station. Right. They had to keep it focused on the station, right? The station, you could still have the station. The station could be, you know, this reoccurring thing, mm-hmm. but something you came back to, not something yeah. you, the, like, we're always in. There's the religious theme between like that war in heaven, you know, those super beings that are, yes. you know, at mm. war. How does religion process? Because Star Trek never does this, right? Like Star Trek never, and like, okay, the Q exists. Like, what does a religious person do with the existence of Q? <laughs> of Q, who, Q you for know? all intents and purposes, are gods. Right. Like, yeah. I want to be at the theological conference in Star Trek. <laughs> <laughs> that, like, that, like, is debating, like, are the Q, like, gods, or are they... <laughs> like the Squire of Gothos, are they spoiled, supremely powerful beings? Right, like, we're, you know, like, the, the implications of the definitions of divinity, you know, by yeah. the fact that John Delancey exists. <laughs> and mm-hmm. so, similar thing, right, you could do with, what are the implications of, that you've got this good and this bad, very clearly, super beings, yeah. you know, what are the implications for good and evil? And Yeah, that's true. And that's... I mean, Trek missed that opportunity many times. You know, you have the Organians. Right. You know, the Archons mm-hmm. with the whole Gorn thing. The Gorgon. The only time they really got into it was in Who Mourns for Adonais? You know, when Apollo, they come across Apollo. Yeah, he's, right. Apollo, about that's the only one. And, and it's one of the better episodes. Yeah. You know, but Because like, they tried to tackle it. And again, I get it because Star Trek is expressly, you know, it avoids all mention of or most mentions of religion anyway. And yeah. I, I get that and that's fine. But it, there is a ground, I think, to explore the main character in this show is the chaplain on a Babylon 5 yeah. destroyer, human destroyer, you know, who keeps encountering these super beings during yeah. the War of Heaven, you know, and like, how is he helping Oops. his crew process that information? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and DS9, again, big missed opportunity because with the Bajorans, mm-hmm. you know, worshiping the beings in the wormhole. Mm-hmm. 
but they only dealt with it from a bureaucratic standpoint. You <laughs> well, know, with Star Trek, they have to. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the Kais and their power plays and, yeah. you know, and all, they never really got into the theology of it. Right. And they kind of like, you know, there was tension between like, oh, okay, this human is the prophet. Yeah, there's a lot of, I have a lot of theology questions about like how would a congregation of worshiping Bajorans react to, yeah, you can just take a trip to the wormhole and if you hit the warp generator the right way, you can go meet your gods. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, <laughs> like, like, wait, what? <laughs> it's that easy? Like press this button, do this sequence of events and I get to meet Jesus? Right. Like, you know. It totally changes what the sacraments yeah. are. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Antimatter and a warp core. Yeah. Our holy of holies. Our holy of holies. <laughs> All power to the engines. Yeah. Don't need a pop peyote to see the gods no just you know i don't need to do all this meditation stuff just (laughs) like i have a lot of questions about like what are the implications of you know belief (laughs) right in the average worshiper it does it fundamentally Mm. gets to clark's whole position you Mm -hmm. know and i'll paraphrase this because i never get it quite right but basically for every level of technology there's another one suitably advanced as to be indistinguishable from magic yeah and that gets to the heart of what you're saying you know where (laughs) where do you draw the line between just being a sentient being and being advanced enough to be considered a god right right and j michael straczynski would be willing to do it too. He's, yeah. He's not, he does not pull his punches when right. he writes scripts. Right. You could do a lot. You know, the chaplain struggling with faith after he meets the, I forget yeah. what they're called, but you know. The, Was it the Forgons? Yeah. Forgons, something. Yeah, something. Futurama. <laughs> okay, a Futurama cinematic universe. Okay, yes. that's a it's a stealth pick in the second round. Okay. Yes, I salute you. Yes, I salute you. Okay. Uh, specifically, I mean, they mention the space pope all the time, and how like the Vatican is at this like the center of everything. Like, yeah. expand on that. <laughs> Also right. expand on. So we're not just concentrated on the group of. Not at all, yeah, and right. it, like mm-hmm. just in the background of almost every single episode, you'll just see the Planet Express logo at least once. Uh huh. Right. You'll never see the crew, just the never, logo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just okay. an Easter egg. Somewhere. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> Comedic gold. Comedic right. gold. It's a good pick. It's a yes. solid pick. There's a lot of future development. Yes. Aha. Put a boom. I don't have anything more to say. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's like, yeah. yep, yep, there it is. Yeah. <laughs> it is self-evident. Yes. <laughs> okay. I'm going with V, the series. Like V for Vendetta? No. Oh, oh, oh. The, ali- the alien thing? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's 80s, I think it was on. And another one where aliens arrive and they have yep. puffy hair, but... Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, as they always do. Very, very 80s design. Yeah. I think it was an ABC show because the writing wasn't all that good. Are you mm-hmm. talking about the new one? No, to the original. Okay. It had a ton of potential. I can see why the pitch won over the yeah. executives at ABC mm-hmm. because it had a ton of potential, mm-hmm. but it just stayed shallow in that 80s adventure show way. Yeah. I'd like to see that revisited. A lot mm-hmm. of potential for depth where you have an occupying force coming to Earth. Yeah. And how that is dealt with. And I want to distinguish it from, and I can't remember the series that Noel Wiley was in like 10 years ago, where there was an occupying force of aliens on Earth. It was a TBS. It was a TBS. Yeah. And Steven Spielberg was producing it. Yeah. And it was a good, actually not a bad, I forget what it was called. Yeah. It's actually not a bad show. But that one wasn't so much an occupation as a takeover and ravaging of the planet. Right. right? They, they had no intention of 
enslaving humans and keeping us going. It no, was just, it was drain just our resources. Drain and move our resources, on. and we're moving on. And the, the resistance. Yeah, to, I forget what it was called, but you're right. That was a good show. It was good, but yeah. V V was about actual occupation of Earth. And that's the difference, right? Yeah. They wanted humans around, but we were part of the resources of the planet to be exploited. Right. So you meet all the the, the characters are all the standard resistance characters. Yeah. You meet. Yeah. You could focus different TV series or movie on each one. Yeah. yeah. Come together occasionally for big resistance plans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then again, the religious aspect, you get back into the, it's an occupying force. So do you start following whatever religion they have? Or yeah, aliens never come with their own religion, rarely. Do they? Well, and that's part of the issue, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Right. Right. So yeah. in V, they would. Right. You know, they're enough like us that they would. Right. Yeah. So we explore their religion and the humans that convert to it. Right. But at the same token, how human religion has this habit of growing amidst the oppressed. Yeah. You know, look at the early growth of Christianity. It's mm-hmm. it's about being with the poor, the underdog, the right. oppressed. Mm-hmm. Right. And most religions seem to be that way. Most human religions mm-hmm. seem to be that way. Yep. So that conflict then between the religion of the overlords and the religions of the humans. Yep. I'm so sold. Not as fun as Futurama, but I can see it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. My uh, third round, first pick, it's going to be reboot of the NBC show Kings as a science fiction mm. show. Oh. It's a science fiction universe. All right. If you remember the NBC show Kings, this was like a one and a half season show, mm-hmm. which had a lot of promise, but they were stupid and they didn't tell people what they were doing. And they tried to get people to pick up on it. And it wasn't until the half season of season two that they actually told people what they were doing. Yeah. And by then everybody had tuned out. It's like uh, Ridley Scott with the aliens backstory, right? right? He knows right. all this stuff going on and he doesn't. Show it in the movies. But the show was pretty explicitly, actually, it's amazing that people missed it, but people are dense. (laughs) Um, It was a pretty explicit retelling of the David and Goliath, the David narrative, the Mm -hmm. whole David narrative and Samuel, basically. Um, And it started with Saul and you kind of met David, you know, uh, at his battle with Goliath and it kind of followed him. And just take that whole theory and transport it into a science fiction setting and you get a great series of television shows. You know, the yeah. Old Testament is like Game of Thrones, but better. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It was one of one of the first big soap operas. Right. It is one giant soap opera. I mean, you got politics, you got... You got lust. You're right. Lust, <laughs> greed, death, destruction, <laughs> battles, you know. Just put it with spaceships. <laughs> Make the cities planets and then, you know, and you've got Formula for success. We've got a formula mm-hmm. for success. You know, I, I don't even think it would be all that hard. <laughs> and the best Chat thing is- GPT could write it, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know? <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> you know? Yeah. The nice thing is the core storyline is public domain. You wouldn't have to negotiate for rights. Exactly. You don't even yeah. have to negotiate for rights. <laughs> like, you know, you're not going to Zondervan for asking for copyright permission, you know? Like, yeah. Anyway, I just think it would be great. That works. Uh, and the religious themes are obvious, but I mean, I think, you know, like in the show, it was interesting because the Samuel figure was, uh, I think Idris Elba actually played the Samuel figure, but he played it as like a megachurch pastor, like a Rick Warren type who had big influence. And like, so it wouldn't be hard to kind of do a similar thing, right? Mm-hmm. You know, and a megachurch pastor in, in this science fiction universe. And it makes a little bit more sense because like the Bible talks about the kings building cities, you know, and like mm-hmm. that never made much sense in kind of like a modern setting. You know, we don't often build out of whole cloth cities anymore. But, yeah. you know, I built this colony would be a perfectly rational thing yeah. for science fiction King Solomon, <laughs> you I know, like that. to come up with. 
And the best part is it goes on for a very long time. She could have like 25 seasons. So it's, it's built in to have like... <laughs> it's built it in... It rival Gunsmoke. Right. It's built in. Jeopardy. I mean, you're well, going... Simpsons. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. That would be pretty cool. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think I have a really good draft over here. So between The Great Jedi and Futurama, uh-huh. really good number three pick. Uh-huh. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Yes. Right. A right. universe that I wouldn't even... screams for being explored. Yeah. Yep. The whole like worshiping the computer uh, uh, that mm. that has the answer but not the question. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yes. <laughs> Another one which is just plainly self evident. Yep. Yep. Dang, I can't top that. That's just utter brilliance. Yeah, I think uh-huh. Drew's winning this draft. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Very definitely. Yeah. Very definitely. <laughs> Great value at another great, number. Great that, value. And third round pick, by the way, because I completely forgot about right. it. Right. No, it's great. I completely <laughs> forgot about it, too. Like, you know, I was kind of brainstorming. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And there's enough books that it wouldn't be that Ex- hard. Exactly. Yeah. You know. Boy. Yeah. I just, wow. I've got other ideas, but they're all like third rate now in comparison. <laughs> well, they're I mean, all, it's they're third, third round, round picks. Yeah. So. <laughs> just that one dropped to the bottom of the. Yeah, you don't the... have to pay him that much. So it, you have, you know, yeah. growth potential there, but not like high expectations. Right. What you got, Dan? Well, what I'm thinking of, there are two things. I'm thinking of Heinlein's Time Enough for Love. It'd be cool to follow remind Lazarus who, Long. Remind me who Lazarus Long is. He is, he's basically the first human to functionally be immortal. Oh, okay. He's the product of the Howard Family Trust, which was established when this guy's wife or this family's son, somebody died really super young. Uh So they set up this trust to covertly encourage couples that had really good genes for longevity Uh to marry. Yeah. Basically, it was a breeding program. Right. And so Lazarus is the first one to really gain true functional immortality through this process. Okay. Time Enough for Love is in the far future, and he's finally dying. Okay. And so... People are gather around his bed, his deathbed, uh-huh. to encourage him to take, because by this point, medical science has progressed enough that they can keep you alive forever. Right. But he's refused to take any of those treatments. Uh-huh. So they're, it's all about them helping him recall these memories of his life so he can renew his passion for life and take these treatments uh-huh. and continue to live. But because his life encompasses this huge period of time. Yeah, you could just... You just uh-huh. have these, this whole sequence... Right. How it's basically exploring humanity's future through the eyes of this one person who lives through it all. Right. Yeah, I'm sold. Okay. So that's one. My lighter one was lost in space. I always felt that was a missed opportunity. Yes. There's a lot you could do there. Yeah. He basically, they're the vanguard. They you know, become the kid, first loved, humans people. I loved that 90s. That 90s movie was so bad, but I loved it as a kid. Yeah. <laughs> <You know? laughs> I got to admit, I liked it too. Yeah. I mean, I knew while I was watching it, it's like, okay, I can predict what's next. Right. Yeah, like, it's know. awful. But I knew it. Like, you know, like, I remember as a kid, the coolest part was the armor, the the Joey. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? Right. I was like, that is so awesome. Yeah. And since then, everybody's used it. I know. But yeah. it, the first time I saw it was in Lost in Space. Right. It was, I, yeah, that is probably yeah. actually the first time I saw something like that on television. Yeah. But the, net, the Netflix version, reboot was too it took it in an emo direction yeah you know, and it didn't quite it lost some of the adventure and the the other depth that it could be lost there. its lostness boom lost its whimsy <laughs> there's a whimsy to lost in space yeah you and know. it needed that you yeah. know it's but i think if you went back to the original uh-huh. and then kept some of the whimsy like with b9 with the robot and yeah. Will, but kept the tone that the first season of lost in space the original yeah. had, where it was kind of serious and it was about exploration. Right. And humans seeing new things for the first time. Right. 
That's the spirit that I would like to get. And then alien reactions, right? Here's this lost family. They can't tell these people where they're from, Mm -hmm. but what are the alien reactions to earthlings? Yeah. So that's good. That would be a fun cinematic universe to explore. Yes. All right. So honorable mentions. So first we use this as an example. I I did in in order to both take it off the board because it would should be the obvious (laughs) pick. Also just to give a good example, but Firefly and Shepherd Book, you know, the Shepherd Book Chronicles would be a great series of television shows you could the just... The Book of Shepherd. Yeah, The Book mm-hmm. of Shepherd, right? I mean, you could just continually do that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, series of television shows, Boba Fett Mandalorian style, you know? Right. <laughs> so, so what? Um, Mel shows up halfway through the season and then the rest of the story Yeah, right, <laughs> right. The rest of the show is about him, you know? I mean, everyone's... You know, right. Yeah. Uh, and you could do so many things from, like, the religious angle, obviously, how does a super assassin become a priest? Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> like is a obvious one, but could do a whole a whole television arc on Mel in the Civil Wars. You know, yeah. oh god, yeah. I mean, even we only get those the Civil Wars themselves, yeah. right? The Civil Wars themselves, right? What is Shepard doing during that same time mm-hmm. that Mel is wandering around? Oh, you'd have to cast that really carefully, though. You know, because Fillion embodied Mel so well. And what, Ron Glass? Yeah, they were both very good, shepherd. right? You'd have to do both. I'd almost do it as like young versions. You know, yeah. it'd have yeah. to be the younger versions of themselves, yeah. right? Because mm. like, they, they would, they'd have to embody right. what, what those Firefly actors brought to those roles. Yes, yes, absolutely. So anyway, that somebody's going to say that's the obvious one. You yeah. know, I think yeah. one of your, yeah. you get listed too. So one of your two would be honorable mentions. Yeah. You know. Let's go with Lost in Space as the honorable mention. Yeah, Lost in Space as an honorable mention. Yeah. The Covenant from Halo. Yeah, I think any like a Halo. They've tried it, obviously, with the yeah. one television show. But yeah. right, anything with the Covenant and the Halo universe is kind of on the list. Yeah, Covenant are one of the few races that are like expressly religious. Mm-hmm. Like the Klingons are kind of also they're at least ceremonial, if not religious. You yeah, know? yeah, because they they know that Kalos is not a god, but they worship. Him well, and even say they killed yeah. their gods. Yeah, you know, yeah. Worf has a we worship, we killed them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's expressly their theology, which I, which I think it's like well, that brings a whole Nietzschean like, <laughs> you know? like that's fascinating. But at least, but there is like their whole culture revolves around. At least religious ceremony, I guess yeah. I would mm-hmm. say. Yeah. You know, and the doctrine is just heavily ingrained into the all the Klingons. Yeah, yeah. right. Mm-hmm. The doctrine is right, exactly. And but like there aren't actually a lot of like expressly religious alien races mm-hmm. like that. All right. Well that was our draft. So thank you everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. It was. Yes. Are we gonna do a post draft analysis? Of each pick and give an overall grade. I think well, yours is obviously an A for several oh, like gosh, yes. yeah. stealth great pick yes. and it and it's yes. great picks at great value. Yeah. You know, uh, Futurama in the second round and the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Hitchhiker's Galaxy. Guy, Hitchhiker's Guide. Hitchhiker's in, in the third round. Yeah. I mean, those are both really, A plus picks. Yes, like, I yes. really should have yes. been a first round pick. It really should but have I been. Completely and forgot and about and it. it. And, it <laughs> and it fell due to bad analysis from yes. the experts. And, yes. and he's going to be on a tear. Yeah, Hall of Fame pick. Hall of Fame pick. Right yeah. there. I don't know. I give mine uh, B. I think they require a good deal of funding, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know, to to pull off. But I think they're worth it if mm-hmm. they if they fund correctly. So see, 
I feel like Dan's gonna get a bad score initially, but when things like get fleshed out, he'll end up being like a like a B plus or an A minus somewhere around there. Yeah, that's exactly it. I'm gonna yeah. end up winning Emmys. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. No. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. I, right. Because I think initially people are like, you know, what? <laughs> what yes. is that? You know, <laughs> with Metropolis. Yeah, right. Like, wait. What? Yeah. That's true. I had to explain my first and second rounds. Right. Yeah. You did, but yeah. they were good when you explained it. Yeah. Actually, yeah. There's a lot. Yeah. So, so you'll get an initial D grade, and then in like a couple of years, they'll do the like the the, the reanalysis and redraft yeah. and be like, oh, right. Those were really yeah. good picks. Yes. Actually, yes. Yes. it's yes. kind of like how the Miami Heat are going to the finals with like all undrafted players plus Jimmy Butler. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> it's also kind of like the Florida Panthers. Yes. Which is just ridiculous. The yes. fact that the 17th best team is now playing for the the, the cup. Yep. Is this your way of getting back at me for not knowing about Metropolis? So now you're talking sports, so I don't know what you're talking yeah. about. No, no, no. no. <laughs> We're not trying to get back at you. Right. We're just trying to ignore you. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay. I do it myself. You ignore yourself. Yeah. Oh yeah, constantly. If we were targeting you, we'd talk about baseball because baseball is the sport you need to watch. Because <laughs> nah, hockey. He would enjoy baseball a lot, but I feel like getting him to play hockey yeah. would be just so much fun. It'll be fun for us to watch. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I better make sure my medical is all paid up. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> And on that hockey-related note, <laughs> this has been Church in Space in, in 3D. 3D. See you all later. <laughs> hey, Dan. Yeah, true. Did you bring your stick and skates today? <laughs> I brought my stick and skates. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Which stick and which skates? I'm ending this conversation right now. <laughs> oh, but... Oh! <laughs> we were about to have our first beep on the I show. I know, right? Yeah, no. Beep. <laughs> Sensor struck before I could even say Jeez. it. This, this is not a free speech zone. Drew will revisit this when we do our blue versions of Church in Space. Uh-huh. <laughs> See ya, folks. <laughs>